Hello, everyone, and welcome to the 12th episode of the Cantina Chatter podcast. Today, it is my honor to welcome Angela Staines, who portrayed one of the Tonica sisters in the Mos Eisley Cantina scene in the very first Star Wars film, A New Hope. Angela, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for inviting me, Victoria. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> well, I'm incredibly thrilled to have you. This month is the 40th anniversary of the original Star Wars film, so I thought it was the perfect time to seek you out and invite you to have this podcast conversation. Now, before I did invite you on, I did some research trying to find previous interviews that you may have given regarding your involvement in Star Wars. Yes. And surprisingly, I couldn't find a single one. So I have to ask, <laughs> have, have you ever given an interview about Star Wars before? The only, not, not, uh, only in writing, I think. Um, a lady contacted me probably 10 or about 10 years ago or so and um, asked me some questions and I just wrote the answers and sent them to her. I honestly can't remember who she was or what she represented, but I thought it might be out there because I think I saw it once. I thought I saw the interview online. She also interviewed Christine many years ago. Okay. So that's why she wanted to, uh, wanted to interview me. Um, uh, but I thought I'd seen it, but maybe, I, maybe, she, maybe it never did get um, uh, finished. I don't know or done. I don't know. But it was, it might have been, I, I honestly, I don't know what it was for, but um, it was only um, questions sent over the internet, that's all. Oh, okay. Wonderful. So one thing I did want to clarify was, uh, according to pretty much every Star Wars website on the internet, you played Sine Tonica while Christine Hewitt played Brea Tonica, but you have indicated in the past that you were the one who was Brea Tonica. So can you clear this up for our listeners? Well, first of all, I was the first person hired. I was Space Girl. That's all I was. There wasn't another one. And um, Christine heard about it. She was a friend of mine. We'd been in Space 1999 together in an episode of that. And she really wanted to get into it. And she said, could I please um, ask the director if she could get into the film? And uh, we'd already had a sort of introduction. We'd all met and everything. It was just me. I was Space Girl. That's all I think I was at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I think um, it was probably the first assistant to George Lucas because um, I think, you know, I couldn't, he wasn't around at the time and he said he'd asked George Lucas and then he came back and said yes um it's fine we'll 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 contact her and um basically I was space girl number one she was space girl number two and then when they started to give us names which came a bit later after the film came out and everything when they started to name us and give us backstories uh-huh. um i was brie and aubria and all the um there was a calendar and there were pictures and it was always i was bria and she was Sunny. well um that was some time later and i actually only got to know about all this because friends would find out about it and send me calendars and send me pictures uh, because i was already in america and I had no idea that she was going to these um, shows in Britain and, and I think other countries. And she was calling herself Bria. And I didn't know. So for whenever anybody ever asked me, not that I talked about Star Wars a lot, because, you know, I sort of moved on and I didn't know how big it was getting. I was sort of out of the loop a bit. And, um, uh, well, at least the first one. And um, basically, uh, when I started to hear about it from other people, 
uh, I, then finally she contacted me because she was going to Indianapolis to do a Star Wars convention. And um, she basically realized that she'd get more attention if there was two of us and not just one because we were supposed to be sisters or twins. Mm. Uh-huh. And that's when she told me she was she was Bria. And <laughs> I said, no, you're not. You're Senny. <laughs> How funny. And we, we had a little bit of a disagreement on the phone. And she said, um, she said, what does it matter? And I said, well, because I've been telling everybody that's asked me, anybody that's mentioned it, I've said, oh, yeah, that's me. I'm, apparently, I'm now Bria. So I told everybody that. I, I never really knew whether it was Bri or Bria, actually. But um, I never caught, never thought I was Senny. So it was very odd to suddenly be told, like, I don't know, 10 years later, you're not Bria, you're Senny. So I thought, because apparently, because she was doing the conventions, and apparently Lucasfilm had said to her, you can be either one you want. You don't, oh. It doesn't matter. I mean, you can pick what you want. And so she picked Bria. But in all the pictures, I, the, the original pictures I saw, it would say Bria and Senny, and I would be the one on the left and she'd be the one on the right. So that's why I always assumed that the first one was Bria and the second one was Senny. I see. But anyway, so that's what I knew. But I know I know she signed a lot of things as Bria, so I think I'd usually just sign Tonica's sister, you know. <laughs> or, or Bria. No, I do put Bria there because I... Been used to being Senny. I don't know. It sounds stupid, doesn't it? <laughs> what does it matter? It was only a tiny part, but uh, but on the other hand, it seems to be important to a lot of people. Sure, sure. Yeah, that, that, that's what, that's why I wanted to ask you that because a lot of the things that are online, pretty much everything that I can find online, in fact, that talks about the sisters, uh, refers to both of you that way. So I was a little confused as to why that might might have been. But so. actually, they sort of they sort of wrote that into the story though too later, didn't they? They said that we interchanged and pretended to be each other. I think there was another story that got written in. I thought, well, that's convenient because that that sort of makes it um, that sort of accounts for why there's a confusion with the names because we keep changing to be each other according to the story. Right, right. Yes, I think uh, I, I've heard about that. There was a story called Tales from the Mos Eisley Cantina. It was back in the 90s. And uh, I believe what it says is that both of your characters were actually impersonating the Tonica sisters, and they had different names. So oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. And and I was um, Shadakai. Yes, I believe that was there the was, name. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was a card with me with Shadak with a picture of Shadakai, and I found that card because my son went into a one of those shops where you buy stuff, things, cards and things. And he came out with my card on it. I said, that's me. <laughs> this is a few, this is many years later. So, yes, it does say here that the, the two characters were, um, it looks like Shada DeCall and then Carolee Dolin. Um, but it doesn't say who was who. Yeah, there are some old um, things on there. Well, they used to be. Maybe they've taken them all down. There used to be old pictures, and there was a calendar and everything. And it, I was always the. It was always me on the left and her on the right. And it was always Brian and Sunny. So that's how I was obviously came to the conclusion that mm-hmm. I was Brian. And actually, there was a picture just of me in Star Wars on my own with Brian Tonica underneath it. That was when it first they started to give us names. Ah, interesting. So that's how, that's how I thought I was Bria. So. Interesting. I'd like to find a copy of that. Maybe I can find yeah, one on eBay or something. Yeah, you know, something. I've seen it somewhere. I've, I must have Googled my and seen it. Um, 
I wonder if I, I wonder if I've got a copy anywhere. I don't know. Um, but anyway, originally that's what I thought. I, that's who you know. I assumed that's who I was. So um, <laughs> I was trying to get used to changing uh, to um, being Senny, but I couldn't. I couldn't quite get used to it because I've been telling everybody I was Bria. Sure. So it was weird. Certainly, certainly. Now, can you tell us a little bit about how you first heard about the part in Star Wars? Yes, I was um, I was modeling in London, and I belonged to two agencies. One was called Ugly, and they had a, another section called Pretty Ugly, and the other one was Evan Dunstan. And they both did modeling, and they had acting. They did act, got acting parts as well. And so I worked through two agencies. I don't think you could even do that nowadays. You have to pick one, but I was able to pick two. One was big and one was small. <clears throat> and both of them contacted me about Star Wars. They both were had casting calls for it and they asked me to do it. And so I had to choose. I think it was like the same time. So I had to choose which one I did it through. And I decided that I wanted to do it through the smaller agent because he took a little bit more time with me and, and he was a little bit more, um, I don't know, pushy, I think. And I, I just wanted to give him some business because he wasn't a big, a big, it wasn't a big company. So I went through him and he said, you've got to go to Elstree Studios to meet this director called George Lucas. Um, you don't know him, but he's, he's made a film in America or something. And you have to be, you know, I had to go at a certain time, a certain day. And, um, my then boyfriend, now my husband, drove me to the interview. And um, I remember going into this quite big room and George Lucas was very short, quite short and quiet and young. <clears throat> and he sat at a desk and um, told me all about his dreams about this film. And all around the, 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 the room, there were all these pictures of space, spacey pictures. And he said these were all the, he was going to do more than one film. And these were all going to be the, the, some of the sets that he had an idea about um, for the future films. And um, he interviewed me for about, um, oh, over half an hour, I think. Um, his voice was very soft. And I do remember that my husband was talking to the secretary outside the room and I kept hearing my husband's voice all the time thinking, oh my gosh, I wish he'd keep a bit quieter because I can't hear everything. Um, but I think I answered all the questions. But he did say he, he was quite serious and he said, I want a serious actor for this part. And um, I can't remember what my answer was, but I told him what I'd done so far. And But of course, the, I mean, he didn't need a serious actor, but I think maybe at the time, he did think that I was going to have a, a big part in the in the bar scene. But as you know, he kept changing the bar scene all the time and he kept changing his mind. So it, it changed and evolved. And, and I think that he um, decided to change direction and not to have me in the, as the, you know, one of the main characters in that scene. Um, but that's how I was booked. And I wasn't booked as an extra. I was booked as, a, as an artiste. Oh, wow. <laughs> but obviously my part ended up being um, quite small. And I remember asking my agent, I said, you've got to get me more money for this. This is crazy. Because to get to the Elstree and then to, you know, eat and get home and everything, transport, was going to cost me, I don't think, I think I might have broken even, possibly. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> and I said, you've got to get me more money. And he came back to me and said, I'm really sorry. I've tried, but he can't 
pay any more. And um, the only thing he says that he'll keep you in mind for future Star Wars films. Well, of course, I'd heard that one before. <laughs> well, no, I, well I, I'd heard I keep you in mind, not that I'm not paying you much money because I'm going to pay, I'm going to keep you in mind for future films. But anyway, so I thought maybe perhaps I was going to, uh, I mean, I, no, I didn't think for one second I was going to be in Star Wars films. I did, it didn't even occur to me. I thought it was just a way of saying, I'm not paying you more. You know, I, who knew? I mean, I didn't know it was going to be so big. And then, yes, it would have been good. So you mentioned um, the modeling agencies that you were a part of. And is that how you originally came to know Christine Hewitt? Yes. Um, I met Christine Hewitt when we both were in the same episode of Space 1999. And um, we both were the two. It was Christopher Lee was the leader. You won't recognize us because we were in gowns with white wigs instead of black ones. <laughs> and I think we had red and white paint on our faces. I've yeah, forgotten all the, the the name of the episode. It had um, obviously Martin Land, Rebane, and Barry Morse. And um, Christopher Lee was our leader from our planet. Uh-huh. And it was it, actually, it was really nice. It was a very nice production. They sent a car to pick me up to take me to Pinewood. It was done in Pinewood Studios. I was only, a, again, non-speaking, behind Christ, uh, Christopher Lee. and um, But it was fun because there was four of us as the, as the followers of, um, of Christopher Lee. And um, the, everybody was really nice. The, the, everybody in the production was really nice. Very friendly, nice people. So I, I really enjoyed doing that. I think it was, that was about three weeks too, I think. Three and a half weeks or so. Oh, wow. But... Um, I met her through that, and actually we were friends for quite a while. And we still were at the end. Before she died, we were friends again. We, we sort of lost touch a bit when I moved to America. And um, she was a bit more competitive than I was, I think. <laughs> and uh, she was, I felt like I was, she was always competing. I don't know, maybe, I suppose we were up for some of the same parts in different things. So we were either together or we were up against each other, I suppose. I see. But I don't really remember any particular instances of when we were up against each other. I see. Now, Pam Rose, who I also had on the podcast earlier this year, who was also in the Mos Eisley Cantina, she portrayed Lisa Serlin. She was also in Space 1999. So that's pretty interesting. Yes, it was. Yeah. Yeah. I, did, I, I actually listened to that. It was interesting hearing because I did remember. It didn't click immediately. It came to me. as It was a delayed memory. <laughs> but she, I think she was only on for a few days. Yeah, I mean, in fact, I do remember because we wondered where they'd all gone. Because there was a bunch of them with us in the in the bar, and suddenly they were all gone, and it was just a few of us left. And um, we just said, "Well, they where did they go? Why aren't they here?" You know. <laughs> so I suppose he was focusing more on one part of the bar. And he so the costume that you had on in the film it consisted of a beehive wig and a skin tight cat suit. How long did it take to prepare you each day, and what was that experience like wearing that sort of a costume all day long? Oh, gosh, I remember it took about two hours to get ready. We had to get there for 7 a.m. This is what I remember. 7 a.m. till 9 a.m. to get us ready with the makeup and the outfit. And the, it doesn't sound like it would take that long, but I, I don't know exactly what they were doing. But they, they had to put, make our faces pale. You know, obviously, green lipstick. I think we had green eyeshadow. And... Um, the wigs were already, they just had to be pinned in, pinned on. 
I didn't like my wig very much, by the way. I thought it was too long. I didn't like the top of it. I like Christine's much better. She beat me to the wigs. Oh, wow. <laughs> I, re- I do remember that because the wigs, I thought, oh, I really want that rounder wig. I bet she, she got there first. But, um, but anyway, it was fine. And the green outfit was made to measure. I think we, we I seem to remember we had body molds done. Oh, I had a body mold done, I think. Um, and they made the costume. The, the, the costume to measure. I didn't like the color, of course. Didn't like green. Didn't like that color green. <laughs> but um, but and and that's one of the reasons why at the very end, and we said we were leaving because Christine had a job to do, and she was actually my transport at that time. Um, that um, they said you can take everything. You can take your costume, but you can't take the uh, the boots or the wig or the. Um, the little pants um but you can take the costume and i I, i'm such a hoarder and yet i didn't take it i didn't take i thought because she said oh my awful i don't want to wear this again and i said well i certainly don't wear this color green again (laughs) so we left it now of course i wish we had them i wish we'd kept the mind you i wouldn't get into it probably (laughs) i mean i doubt it but um that was funny um yeah, we left a bit early. He wanted us to stay on. He kept changing the scene and changing what he was doing. Mm-hmm. Christine wanted to leave because, first of all, oh, oh, you know what it's like in the costume. Yeah, it was skin tight. We were standing propped up against a bar with all these men characters around us. <laughs> but, <laughs> and uh, I didn't hate it, but Christine didn't like it at all. She she didn't like she felt she was being leered at all the time. Maybe I was a bit more naive. I was actually, I didn't realize this at the time actually, but I was quite a few years younger than Christine. And I think I was a bit naive because I really didn't notice it as much that people were leering and she she felt that we were, you know, it was a very embarrassing position to be in these leotards. <laughs> and I think that was another reason she wanted to get out of the scene. And one of the men, I don't remember exactly which character, but he actually um, said he was part of a, a not the not the um, oh god I'm, I'm sorry I'm having to break a breakdown with them with them a, a sort of a gang a mafioso type of gang uh-huh. and he sort of said he knew people and she got a bit scared about it apparently she thought she said she was pretty certain this guy really was part of this gang because he knew somebody that she knew was in this gang so <laughs> I don't know uh, but I know that scared her a bit too I thought it sounded a bit far-fetched to me but <laughs> maybe I don't know <laughs> and this was somebody that was uh, one of the extras in the film um it could have been but I kept thinking it was the bar the guy we, we don't what kind here but I'm yes. not you know I wouldn't like to be dead certain on that because he he might be around and say no that's not me I was <laughs> you know I thought it was I thought that was who Christine was talking to the most but I don't know I'm, it could have been, well, I suppose, one of the other characters in the bar. Uh, anyway, uh, yes, that was another reason why she didn't like it being there. And I, I, I must say it was a bit boring. And it wasn't well paid. That was the trouble. <laughs> it was really badly paid. So you kept thinking, well, maybe if I wasn't doing this, I'd be doing something else that's better paid, you know. Sure. And, of course, now... Yes, it's probably the most famous scene in the most famous film. But did we know that at the time? No way. No. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So when you were on set, do you recall having interacted with Sir Alec Guinness or Harrison Ford or Mark Hamill? Yes. 
Mark Hamill was lovely. Absolutely lovely guy. He, he, he spoke to everybody. He was very down to earth, very friendly. You could talk to him about anything. He was very, very friendly and very nice. Um, Harrison Ford was very, a bit standoffish. Um, <laughs> but we weren't quite sure about him. We were all trying to figure him out. I believe he probably had great ambition. I thought, you know, he felt he was, maybe he was getting into the role or trying to get into the role a bit more. Plus, I don't know, they said later that he was going out with Carrie Fisher, so maybe that was on his mind. But he wasn't friendly. And I do remember thinking he might be gay. Oh, wow. <laughs> Which was funny. If, well, not just me, everybody. I think everybody thought he was gay. Oh, wow. <laughs> because he, he, didn't, he didn't chat to any women. And he didn't chat. He just didn't. He, he was a bit standoffish. But, you know, there could be all kinds of reasons, you know. You, but now you think, well, maybe he was. Because, you know, when he puts his hand up behind him on the, in the bar scene, that was all his idea. So maybe he was sort of thinking through the scene and how to make the best impression. Because he was obviously trying to get forward with his career at that stage and um wow. oh alec guinness was also really nice and very very professional very professional very very nice courteous polite friendly um just exactly what you'd expect of him very professional actor oh it's really wonderful to hear yeah anybody else you can men you mentioned um, no, that was main characters, wasn't it? And Princess Leia wasn't in our bit. I heard that she visited the set, but I didn't. I don't think I saw her when she visited. Or if I did, I maybe I didn't know it was her because she wasn't all done up in her outfit or something. I don't know. Huh, very interesting. So overall, how would you categorize your your overall experience on set? Was it fun? I, th I know you mentioned that it was a little bit boring and it didn't pay too well. But um, was it perhaps at, le at the very least pretty memorable, I would imagine, with all those crazy alien characters running around? Yes, I suppose when you think about all the incredible costumes, it was quite amazing. The costumes were, I don't think I'd ever seen anything like those costumes. Although, you know, they were like big heads on on people and um i uh and then r2 d2 and c3po of course were interesting as as uh dot as um robots you know uh that that was an interesting concept i do remember that c3po is it anthony yes he was very irritable this is too hot i can't wear this you know, and eventually, apparently, they did make a much better costume for him, so that was much easier to wear. And, um, oh, yes, and Chewbacca, um, he was really a nice guy, very nice guy, tall, gentle, dark giant. Peter Mayhew. Yeah, Peter Mayhew. Yeah, very nice man. Um, you know, just very gentle and uh, very nice guy, yes. And to see the whole set, it was quite amazing, actually. Yeah, and I, I mean, when you look back on it, um, there was a lot of things that were quite amazing about it, but um, I think at the time I didn't appreciate it. Uh, I didn't appreciate it that much, but I think you know a lot of people probably didn't. Right, exactly, and that's the same thing that Pam told me was that uh, to, to most people there it was just another job. It was one out of a hundred, and that nobody really anticipated that it was going to become one of the most beloved, successful, enduring franchises of all time. Yes. Yeah, no, it's amazing. I mean, had we known? <laughs> so I don't know how long it took to finally really take off, but I think there was a few years that I didn't know that it was even a big deal, you know, but it apparently was in Britain, I think. Was it like 
straight fairly straight away was it 10 years later uh you mean like star wars as a whole or? yeah yes uh, star wars was pretty much uh, right from the beginning was was a, a great success and they didn't bring all the merchandise out straight away i don't think no, they did. They did, and I guess they didn't anticipate how big of a film it was going to be. So it took about a year before they actually got action figures out. Oh, really? And, it was only um, a year. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a lot longer than that. That shows how far behind and out of the loop I got, because I think I found them about <laughs> maybe I don't know seven or eight years later. I started to hear about them. Oh wow! Mm. Yeah. So so yes, I got really out of the loop. I came out to the states. I didn't obviously know. Not many people knew how big it was going to be. And um, I thought, oh, dear, this is really the end. I've, I've hit rock bottom here <laughs> when I did Star Wars. Because, you know, they had none of the special effects, so they were all holding handles, and you didn't know there was going to be a lightsaber at the end of it. You didn't know what, what was there. Right. And it, I'd been in a few films that hadn't quite done so well. Well, I've been, I don't think I've been in any film that had been a big success. And they were all B films. And... Um, so basically, little bits, you know, in films. Uh-huh. And um, basically, I just didn't know how big it was going to be. And um, <clears throat> I don't think anybody did. So, you know, I thought I'd hit rock bottom because the, it was the worst paid job I ever had. And I thought, God, if I've reached this low, that I get this bad, the money's this bad, I, I'm going to go to the state. Because he said you can make a lot more money over there doing different things, other things. You don't have to do film work. You can make more money. So uh-huh. I went, I, I just went for it, you know. Interesting. And what year was it that you came to the U.S.? 1977. Oh, okay. So right after Star Wars. It was. In fact, I left even before the um, the big premiere. Oh, wow. <laughs> Maybe it was May, the premiere. Was it 1977? Uh, yes. Yeah, I, I got, I'd already arrived and here and I missed it. And I was, I was sorry to miss it because I like going to those premieres because sure. those kind of things, well, I've only been to one other, but... Um, because you meet all the people that you act, you were with, you know, and it was um, it would have been fun to s- see them all again. At least I was in one film that was successful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So one thing that has perplexed many collectors of Star Wars memorabilia is that there are no action figures of the Tonica sisters. Why do you think this may be the case? Whoa. <laughs> That's a loaded question. Um well, I didn't know until Christine told me, 2006, she told me when she called me, she said, um, you've got to sign a contract with them so you can come and do these um, a convention. I want to do the conventions because my kids were getting older. And I said, well, maybe, maybe I'd like to do the conventions. And um, she said, if you want to do them with me, you've got to sign the contract. They, they want us to give you a contract. And um, I said, okay, well, yeah, let, let them send a contract. And um, then she said, oh, yes. And she said, there's a big thing about this action figure. You've got to um, uh, give permission for an action figure. And I said, oh, because apparently you sent a letter at some point to Lucasfilm and, and they won't make the action figure because you, you sent a letter or something. And then I remember when I first, well, I don't remember how many years I've been in the States when I first found out about the, the little action figure. There was a tiny little of me that I set up in a toy shop. Tiny little thing. You wouldn't know it was me. It's dressed like me, but it's proportioned perfectly. It's absolutely my proportion. It's really quite amazing for such a small thing. Oh, wow. And apparently they wouldn't make more because I hadn't um, 
because I'd written it because I did write a letter to Lucasfilm. I think it was my husband said, oh, they shouldn't be selling your cards with your picture on it and figures and stuff like that and making money from it. You should you should get some royalties. And I said, well, I don't know. So so his he had a lawyer at the time for his company and the lawyer wrote a letter. But I, I don't think it was that threatening or anything. It was just this isn't fair. Um, we think that you should pay something towards for, for these things, these um uh, and um, never got a reply, never heard anything, never wrote back, never, you know, did anything more. But Christine said that she'd been um, hanging around with the Lucasfilm group and they all knew about this. They all knew about this letter that had been sent. And that was one of the reasons that they weren't making the action figures huh. um, because they were frightened that I was I don't know. I mean, it doesn't really make sense to me because why not just make the action figures and um, and then give Christine and I and everybody else that had an action figure some royalties. But anyway, basically what happened is Lucasfilm did send me a contract eventually, but it was literally, this. <laughs> it literally said, sign on the dotted line and you belong to us. We don't pay you anything. We don't guarantee you any work. We can make your figures. We can make your cards and we can sell them. But you don't, you don't, you're not, you don't get anything. So I basically didn't want to sign. So I said, um, is there any way that I can get into these conventions? And they said to phone these two agencies that were in Southern California that hired people to do these different Star Wars conventions. And I phoned them up. And they said, oh, no, we've got way too many people already in from the Star Wars films. We don't need any more. No, we, w we wouldn't be able to use you. And, and, and so I only phoned the two that, that Lucasfilm recommended I phoned. And, and after that, I just thought, well, you know, why would I sign a contract that gives them everything? I can't go to the conventions. Nobody wants to harm me. And so I never signed it. So... I think that might be something to do with why they haven't made the act. But that's what Christine told me, was what they were saying, that they wouldn't make our action figures because of that letter. Interesting. So, I don't know if you can put join the dots here, because I can't quite join all the dots. But I did hear something about that our release forms, our, our um, model actor release forms, at the time the film was made, were lost. I, I don't know whether I read that somewhere or I heard that somewhere. And maybe that's because because they were lost. They were getting everybody to sign new contracts. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I think I, I vaguely recall reading something about that. But if they sent me a reasonable contract, I would have signed it. But it was so, it was just, there was nothing. It was just not, it wasn't. Uh, and they said, you could have your name back or something in the contract, you know. And I said, well, how could I possibly do that? Christine's still here. I mean, Christine's, Christine's still signing. And she's signing Bria. How can I be signing Bria? Anyway, they said they would speak to her. And I thought, oh, that's <laughs> going to go down well. <laughs> so so basically, that's what I... And that, I'm still surprised they haven't made any uh, action figures. Or um, I suppose, has everybody else had an action figure? But the Donica sisters, or are um, there others? Just about all of the ones that you, you can see in, in the scene have had action figures. There are quite a few of the, the more obscure background characters that have not yet received action figures. Okay, so it's not as I'm not just like standing out on my own, or we're not on our own here, the Tonica sisters. But um, I, I was never approached. I was never asked, and all I was told in the uh, by the Lucasfilm people was that um, if they made an action figure after I signed the contract, I would have to buy it from them. 
I would have to buy the action figures to be able to get them signed. And I guess if you can get to the conventions and get them signed, then yes, you could make some money out of mm -hmm. that, I suppose. But um, you, if I wasn't going to be able to go to the conventions, <laughs> why was I going to go and sign the action figures? I mean, it didn't make any sense. Right. Anyway, so, and I, I guess I... I guess I could have pushed more. I could have tried harder. But at the time, I was bringing up three boys. And, um, you know, my life had changed a bit. And I, I didn't, wasn't so really interested in the fame part of it, you know. But I think it's a shame. I think yeah, there should be Star Wars figures for everybody to be able to, who's a real fan. To oh, have. yeah. I mean, I know the fans have been clamoring for years for, for Tonica Sisters uh, action figures. And, in fact, uh, every every uh, couple of years, every year, Hasbro, the toy company, they run fan choice polls where they let the fans vote for figures and uh, consistently the Tonica sisters place very highly on the polls. That's oh, a really? very interesting thing and I'm sure similarly at the conventions that uh, if you were to make an appearance, I'm sure a lot of people would be really excited. Well, no, I, I, could, I, could, I would enjoy doing that now. I, you know, there was a time in my life when I, I didn't um, really see you know, I was moved on, I doing other things. I didn't really, un I guess I really didn't understand it because I was out of the loop so much. But, but I would, I would have liked to have done it. I would think I would enjoy it because I'm, I'm I like meeting people. So I, I'd really like to, um, I'd like to do it. But I felt like they sort of shut me out. I almost wondered if I'd been blackballed, huh. actually. But why, I mean, I didn't, because of that letter, I don't know. I mean, I met we met George Lucas later in a in a restaurant. We were in a in a restaurant in San Anselmo, and it was just a really strange little soup restaurant actually. And there he was, and I said to my husband, "Whatever you do, don't go and speak to him. Um, don't speak to him because my husband would really, you know, I don't know what he was going to say, but he's, you know, he's he's a character, and he might put say something that." might not be too good i don't know but anyway so i went had to go to the loo to the bathroom and i said whatever you do don't speak to him. i come out of course he's speaking to george lucas and he said to george lucas do you remember my wife and and he he looked up and he looked at me and he said yes i do and i i i, I couldn't quite i didn't know whether he was saying that just to be polite but i got the feeling he was saying that because of the letter because he remembered the letter. I don't know. But it, it, it just sort of looked at me like he knew, oh, yes, I know who you are. You know, it's just funny. The whole thing seemed so funny to me because, I I mean, as if I would ever go through to Sue Lucas film. I mean, they're huge. I mean, they've got lawyers up the yin-yang as if I was going to do something like that. I, but I guess maybe they get like that, get a lot of us like that, and they get threatened or something. I don't know. But it wasn't meant with uh any malice i just felt that it would have been fair to um to compensate because it was so poorly paid but i guess nobody else talks about that uh, very much no. do they they don't they don't talk about no. that aspect of it they because they like being they like being in the film and they like being recognized and that's enough yeah, I, su really. I suppose so yes no i um i had heard in re like the last couple of years that People were interested because um, Christine and I were the only recognizable females in the in the bar scene. I mean, really, because we at least had, you know, we had our faces and we had 
long hair. So we looked, and and they and there weren't very, that many female characters in that original film, except of course Princess Leia, Carrie Fisher, of course. But um, there wasn't any really recognized. I don't think there was any other um, females in that film, mm-hmm. um, and that's why people were more interested in our characters. Um, even though they were, you know, very small parts. I think I think in the original film, I get like a couple of seconds on the screen on my own. But then when he redid it, I went more into the background. Gotcha. I think. When you know when he redid it with all the all the special effects right. and everything. But um, yeah, so it's a real shame about Christine because I, you know, maybe we could have done something if she, you know, was still here. But uh, I didn't find out for six months after she passed oh. away that she'd gone. I was writing to her, and uh, we'd been t- uh, emailing each other, and I didn't hear anything. And I thought, oh no, maybe I've upset her again. I knew that she'd been ill, but I thought it was just—I thought they managed to nip it in the bud, and that she was okay. And um, I, when I didn't hear from her, I thought I'd upset <laughs> her. <laughs> and then I, then I googled her, and I saw that she died. It was oh, wow. a terrible shock. Awful, awful shock because we just reunited about probably nine months before, maybe a year before she passed away. Oh wow! So that's too yeah. bad. It's really sad that she's that she's gone. Um, yeah, no, it really was a shock because we knew each other very well for a long time, and um, we had lots of laughs together. And um, you know, I just it was just a shock. I just didn't expect it, I suppose. And I and I and I hadn't heard from anybody. You no, know, nobody contacted but you know i don't know maybe that was i was in america and um i only found out through looking at through googling her that she passed away and that was a few months later sanja i'd like to move on to uh something i saw on imdb that indicates you also had a role in a film called queen kong in 1976 it looks like that oh my gosh (laughs) (laughs) it looks like that became it's funny the way that comes up i wonder where that came from because did that film ever get finished did it actually come out? Oh, I have yeah. no idea. The only way I found out about it, I had never heard it, to be honest with you, um, was uh, by reading IMDb, and I saw it on there, and that, that's why I thought I'd ask you if, if that was before Star Wars or after or what the situation oh, was. Oh, no, it was before Star Wars. Oh, wow. It was the last thing before I left, but it was before Star Wars, but it was a film they were making, and I think I'm almost certain Joanna Lumley was in it. Um, but it was they didn't have much money and what happened was they ran out they ran out of money but even when they ran out of money they paid me much better than I got paid for Star Wars but anyway they ran out of money so I think I thought that this is what I heard that the film didn't get finished because they ran out of money and also that um, King Kong sued Queen Kong the film (laughs) I don't know that's what I heard but but (laughs) <laughs> how I mean not like something I put normally on my res when I used to put get up my resume it's almost like somebody who knew me must have said that because it was I mean it was not a film that it, it I was a, a, um, a uh, there was a few of us we had to dance it was had some choreography in it we had to row boats we were, it was to an island where this big ape lived obviously and we knew that they were running out of money but they did pay me they were decent very decent about paying me but um but i don't remember an awful lot about it because it never got i don't think it got finished and i am sure unless it's unless they did finally finish it out there somewhere i don't know but um 
Anyway, uh, it was mostly television things that I did. And um, I did another film that was called Alfie Darling, which was the follow-up of um, Alfie. And, um, but it was, Michael Caine wasn't in it. It, was, it had, um, Alan Price was the star of Alfie Darling. Uh-huh. And I was just a friend of his girlfriend in the film. But you see, it was another B film. It never really went anywhere. It wasn't considered as good as the original. And... Um, I'm just trying to think. I did do a lot of things, but I can't, I mean, a lot of little things. You know, a lot of comedy shows, little comedy shows, parts, little parts in comedy shows, like Rutland Weekend TV. Mm-hmm. That was um, uh, from Monty Python. The um, the Generation Game with Bruce Forsyth, and um, a lot of uh, commercials. Watney's Beer, Clayton's Toothpaste. I'm just looking at things. I did Alex Harvey LP and Neil Sodaka LP, but, but, but normally in a, in a group. Um, and Jet Jeans, Tetley Beer, uh, all kinds of different ads and uh, promote, lots of promotions. Did a lot of promotion work. I actually did quite a bit of promotion work with Christine too. Oh, wow. Um, and um, Kawasaki Motorbikes, Atari Game Machines, um, all kinds of things. Um, but, you know, it wasn't enough to make a good living. You, you had to do other things, really. I, um, I was a secretary and I was also, what else did I do? I was a secretary in my, actually was part-time secretary when I wasn't doing this, uh-huh. doing the work. And it was very hard to make ends meet in 1976, 1977 in London. It was, uh, I think we joined the common market fairly soon before and there wasn't a lot of money around it was um and then california was this egg it just you could make money doing cocktail waitressing bartending anything like that the tips were really good over here so when i first came over that's what i did and i was making much more money than i ever did doing any of that work and i wanted to travel i love traveling and i and i really couldn't travel without uh, making a lot of money making some money so I couldn't really make money in England. And I think it was a little bit of a depressing time, I seem to remember, when I left. I think quite a few people left in the mid to late 70s. Oh, really? Yes. It's a way, funny the way life takes us in a different direction. And, and perhaps, you know, I mean, possibly if I stayed in England, I would have been doing the conventions with Christine, I suppose. But um, I felt like it was no, wasn't going anywhere. Maybe I was too impatient. I don't know. It wasn't. Get, I wasn't going anywhere, so I came out here. I went down to. I went down to Hollywood soon after I got here to see what it was like. And it was a really. I mean, I didn't like the scene down in Hollywood. I mean, there was definitely a. <laughs> there was definitely a casting couch. If there was a casting couch in in Britain, a little bit of one. You know, you saw it every so often. Um, but in America, in this Hollywood, it seemed to be worse, oh. and I I couldn't be bothered with it. You know, maybe I just wasn't. I wasn't ambitious enough to, to, maybe, I don't know. I think if I could do it all again now, I've got more confidence. I feel more, you know, you've got the age against me now, but, but I feel more confident. I feel like I could have done a lot more now, but at the time, you know, you change a lot. You evolve in life. Certainly. So Constantly. <laughs> yes. yes, constantly. So looking at yeah. a, at a, Queen Kong, because I did find it here on Amazon. Oh, you did find it! Oh my gosh, what did they yes. say? It says if you have Amazon Prime, you can actually stream it. <laughs> and 
And um, the description says, in this campy, action-packed parody of the original King Kong, an off-female film crew journeys to Africa where a giant ape, Queen Kong, falls in love with the crew's male star. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wow. And it says, um, having been banned from screens for over 25 years due to a slew of legal disputes, the film is now available to see in all of its bizarre glory. (laughs) Really? Oh, my gosh. I wonder if they had to recast it and start it again. Or did they, did they actually use all no the old I have no idea. Footage? I'm going to have to watch it now and see what it's about. So you can actually stream it. You can actually look it up and, and actually watch it. My goodness. Yeah, uh-huh. It says you can watch it on Amazon Prime. Wow. Well, I'm going to have to try and watch it then. If I, could, if I, could, if I can look through the whole right. watch the whole thing. <laughs> all right. So as far as what you're up to these days, Angela, is there anything you'd like to share uh, as to what your life revolves around? Is, is there anything you're involved in? Well, my husband's business is um, Ace Cider, which is uh, the California Cider Company in um, Grayton. Uh, well, actually, it's uh, Sebastopol, really, Sebastopol. And um, he uh, made a, a bottle of orange, it's, it's blood orange cider base, and it came out at the same time as the, last, the latest Star Wars film started to come out. And he put a little picture of me on the neck of the bottle because, it, you know, it was a little bit about me. And um, I've sort of done a few promotions for the space bottle. It's in different uh, states. It's, um, Ace is all over the country now. And, and even in different oh, wow. countries as well. It's in um, the Middle East and it's in China. And it's Anyway, um, so um, I've been involved doing promotions and conventions with that, uh, with my sons who are also involved in the business. I've got th- my three sons are also involved in it. And I love doing things with them. I love, I still love doing th- things with the family and things with my children. And they're very involved in the business now. Wow. All right, so Angela, is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners regarding your experience in Star Wars or anything else in general? Um, hmm. I went back in a car with Christopher Lee, Lee once from the set of um, Space 1999, which was fun, because he sat in the back seat with the dr- there was a driver, and he sat in the back seat sort of with his eyes. You know, he had these <laughs> really spooky eyes, and um, he looked a bit scary. I remember that. He said, do you want to lift back? That was from um, from Pinewood, and I can't. Maybe the car took me there, and I found my own way back. I'm not sure, but um, anyway, he he gave me a lift back, and that was interesting. Anyway, just stories, but Star Wars, yes, I'm glad it's been so successful that it has, and I'm glad that um, that uh, people are very interested in it. All right, so Angela, it has been an absolute pleasure having you on the Cantina Chatter podcast. Thank you so much for taking the time to share your experiences with our listeners. I am sure that they are very happy to hear from you. Thank you very much for having me. It's been very interesting. I'm like I've really been reminiscing over old times and 40 years, 41, 40 years ago, 41 years ago it was since it was made. But um, really um, nice talking and thank you for contacting me. And uh, I say hi to all the Stars fans. I don't know if I'm going to say may the force be with you <laughs> because everybody says that, but, uh, oh, well, I could may the force be with you. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much. Thank you very much. All right, my friends, that'll do it for the 12th episode of the Cantina Chatter podcast. Once again, I'd like to thank Angela Staines for being my guest and for sharing her story about her involvement in Star Wars. If you are listening on YouTube, please be sure to like and subscribe and leave a comment. 
If you're listening on iTunes, please help us out by leaving a five-star review and be sure to subscribe for upcoming episodes. As always, I'd like to thank you for listening to Victoria's Cantina. Until next time, bye-bye.